The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RST, UV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house and others that I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. I hope you had a great weekend. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and scroll down right there on the right side of the page, and we're going live right there at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You can also catch that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. Our Periscope and Twitch accounts are setting brush fires. We're broadcasting there as well as on Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. And before it's news.com, we're right there on the front page live this morning as well. And also DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. The Sons of Liberty. Don't forget to put the in front of there for if you go to DLive. Uh, I'd love to have you guys over there on that platform as well. And then you can check us out at Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media if you'd like to do that also. Um, if you got any questions this morning for a guest or a comment, feel free to give us a call, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Uh, give us a call, and we'll be happy to hear from you. Now, my guest this morning, we've had her on before. Um, Dr. Carrie Madej is originally from Dearborn, Michigan. as She received her medical degree from Kansas City University of Medical Biosciences in 2001, she then completed her traditional internship at the Medical Center in Columbus, Georgia, and internal medicine redis, red, uh, residency at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. Dr. Madej served as a private clinician. I pulled that up, so I, would, I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> and medical director of clinics in Georgia until 2015. She then moved to the Dominican Republic, where she spends her time doing charity work and telemedicine. Dr. Madej also served as an attending physician for the Pennsylvania College of Osteopathic Medicine, Georgia campus, where she mentored students in clinical applications of internal medicine for eight years. She has served as a public speaker and was featured in the documentary, The Marketing of Madness, about the overuse of prescription psychotropic medicines. Dr. Madej, welcome back to the Sons of Liberty. Thanks for having me. Sure. Glad and to be back. I think we've lost your video there for some reason. Uh, I don't know let why. Let me see. How about that? I don't know why. Okay. Yep. There yeah. you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that we were able to bring you back on. Uh, one of the things that uh, struck me in our first interview was that you talked about you had some, his, uh, uh, some extensive history of looking at vaccines. And I said, well, let's do a show of that. Now we've got this... Um, New vaccine by Pfizer. We'll get to that in just a minute. But can you give people a little bit of a flavor? I kind of gave a very simplified form of, I guess, the last two decades of your life here. But can you mm -hmm. give people a simplified form of what your interaction is with vaccines, what, what you've been doing as far as understanding those and studying those and kind of broaden that out for people as to what you've done regarding that? Uh, yes, I started to get interested in vaccines, um, even when I was in high school, because I questioned the tetanus vaccine. 
And um, the tetanus vaccine, uh, we were told back then, was given because of this terrible bacteria in the soil, that if you got uh, that bacteria inside your skin, like in, through your foot, that within minutes to hours, you would curl up in a ball and you would die from this terrible tetany or this terrible muscle spasm. You would actually suffocate to death. This is an amazing, awful way to die. And I had never heard of anybody around the world dying this way. So throughout my uh, training, I asked everybody, do you have a bona fide case of someone dying of tetanus in this way? And to make a long story short, even through medical school with infectious disease uh, physicians, not one person could produce one bona fide case for me. So that means tetanus didn't exist or doesn't exist. Um, so if that is true, why are we giving the vaccine? And so I, since I didn't have an answer to that, I looked at some things that were interesting to me when I was training in Detroit, I realized in our hospital, we never gave the tetanus vaccine to the poor people on, so on the welfare. We gave it to only the people with private pay. So I thought that was interesting. I asked why, and they told me, just be quiet. That's the protocol. But I did realize there was a difference between the people who got the tetanus vaccine and those who didn't. The people who did not get the tetanus vaccine were more fertile. They did not have a problem having babies. They could have many, many babies. People in private pay did have a problem with fertility. So I researched that, and you can still find this on the internet. Yes, um, the NIH and other um, big or big associations actually purposely made the tetanus vaccine since the 1970s as the abortion vaccine, a sterilization vaccine. So what they would do is they put the HCG, the pregnancy hormone, inside the tetanus vaccine. So the more times you were inoculated, the more times you got the vaccine, the more likely that if you're a woman and you uh, became pregnant, you would abort the baby uh, immediately. It would not take. So you wouldn't even know you were pregnant. It would happen within the first month. So this was admitted by our own institutions, our own um, governments, and the, actually even the Vatican was involved in, in realizing this is happening in some of the Latino countries. They had it analyzed and they found this as well. And more recently, Kenya and India, they found this. So we've been lied to. Um, so this is what got me to look into the vaccines even more thoroughly and look at everything. So when I started looking back into the history of vaccines, just one more horrifying thing after another. One thing that uh, I'd really like everyone to know is that we are using aborted fetal cells in almost every vaccine. Uh, we use animal cell lines too. And you need to know that there is absolutely not one good reason we are doing this. Not one good reason. We can make vaccines without them. Something to know is that when they're using aborted fetal cells, um, to me, there's only one way they're procuring them. It's through blood sacrifice. Um, it's really hard for me to still talk about it. But uh, if you read the researchers and their diaries, when they procure um, these fetal cells, they actually get a baby that's three, four or five months or older. Okay. And gestation. And they take it usually it's still in the sack and the heart is still beating. It has to still be alive. They take it and they transfer it to the laboratory and the baby is there with the heart still beating. They take a large board needle and they stab it in the heart and they drain the blood. And you could imagine the reaction in the baby uh, when they do this. They... Um, do that until the baby's dead, and then they harvest the cells. Dr. Madej, can I, can I pause you just a second? I mean, this is beyond, I mean, I believe murder happens, you abort a child in the, in the womb. This is beyond even that. This is bringing the child out. This, is this happening in the states where they're doing this? Yes. Yeah, there, you can still find some, uh, researchers laboratory notes online and you can read exactly what they wrote and what they're saying they're doing is that happening today in the states uh there's some i don't see the laboratory notes from the researchers recently however okay. we do have some whistleblowers coming forth from planned parenthood who say that these uh babies are still alive the fetuses are still alive that they see the heartbeat and one of the researchers um, says that while well, the baby was still alive, she took a pair of scissors and cut through the face. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember those things. That that what I was trying to get to is: is this still going on even under a Trump administration that claims it's pro-life? Why is there no justice being brought on behalf of these 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 babies uh, in this and the vaccine that he's promoting? And we'll get to that in just a moment through Pfizer um, is also including these kinds of things in it as well. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I know you become emotional. That's those are some heart-stirring things of what they do to these these precious little people that are made in the image of God, of what they're doing, and they're mo- the most helpless among, among us, and nobody's doing anything to stop it. And they do this to the animals, too. Like, for the cows, we use a lot of cow um, parts and, and serum and, and blood in these vaccines, and cows are similar to humans. They're nine months of uh, gestation, and so when they kill a cow, and it could be a very sick cow or, or a healthy cow, um, if they happen to see that it's pregnant, they will remove the, the baby in the amniotic sac, the calf, and remove it. And the heart, it has to still be beating, and they will do the same procedure. The large bore needle, stab it in the heart, drain the blood, and then they will use that calf to procure tissues for, for vaccines and, and other medicines. It's not just vaccines. Um, some of the newer medicines like, you know, Regeneron and things like that they're using or um, autoimmune medicines such for rheumatoid arthritis, the newer ones, the immunotherapy, they're using the same technique. And I can tell you there is absolutely no reason why we are killing any living thing in this manner. The only other way I've seen this kind of uh, killing happen is under a blood sacrifice, under some sort of uh, pagan satanic ritual. And there's that's that's all I can say. Right. And we were talking just before the show, my friend Stephen Hallbrook, we had him on. I'm going to get him back on, too, to do that because he has that hit. I think it's vaccines and Christianity or Christianity and vaccines dot org. And he's got history of that where this is not something that's part of modern medicine. This is something that comes straight out of paganism. Uh, I mentioned to you Mm -hmm. Revelation 18, 23. Uh, that the nations are deceived. And I, again, I folks, I hold to a, fu- a large fulfillment of that in the first century, but deceiving the people by their sorceries, their pharmakias, uh, where we get our word pharmacy, and that being you. So I, this is not something that's new, but some of the stuff, the information you're giving the public is, for them, it's new. They think, I don't know what they think. I think they think they take different kind of uh, uh, mixtures and put them together, but they have no idea of what those things are that they're doing. You mentioned uh, some of this stuff being used. We've covered stories where they're using the aborted uh, fetal cells for flavorings in food or drink. I mean, who are the sick people who thinks that yeah. you should do something like that? So what, what else did you get in? You got into tetanus and you got into to some of these other ones. What are some other vaccines that, that you looked at? Um. Well, I was looking at, just to go back with, with the cows, just so you know, when they're using these animal cell lines, that sometimes for a cow, for instance, there's up to 4,000 different infections you can get from, from that the tissue. They're animal infections. So t- typically, we don't transmit um, infections between human and other species, but you can have them injected into you. So this is a big problem that has been noted in the industry for a while. They don't talk about it a lot. Um, This is one of the things when they were using um, primates, they actually have infections that were coming through to us and causing cancer. This was, and this is still happening. (laughs) They're covering this up. So you are actually getting cancer causing viruses in many of these vaccines or cancer causing bacterium. Um, you know, one of the, the newer vaccines here or they're proposing for COVID-19 is using a chimpanzee virus. And this reminds me of everything we just went through, the, how it caused cancer, how it was linked to HIV. The vaccines themselves were causing HIV. We need to be really careful about this. So infections are in there as well. Um, they, use, they, they claim they're putting antibiotics in the vaccines to take care of the infections, but you and I both know an antibiotic does not cure a virus, <laughs> right. which makes no sense. They're just lying to us left and right. I mean, think of all these different infections inside. Also know that these cell lines, when they're using animal or human cells, they, they say they don't want to keep sacrificing all the animals or the humans. So they will make them immortalize the cell lines, meaning 
they actually turn them into cancer cells purposely. So the cancer cells keep dividing and dividing. They never stop. Well, they're injecting now these sacrificed animals or humans that are now cancer cells into all of us through vaccines. This is unbelievable because we have something called translocation of genes that can occur. So even when you're eating something, we have different ways. Um, it's a little bit technical, but we can have one gene that can translocate into another gene inside of you. You can take up the genes, okay? So this comes from injection of the vaccines as well. So we, we are getting injected with cancer-causing genes and viruses, as well as these sacrificed animals. On top of that, Unbelievably so, we have something called adjuvants in the, in the vaccines. So when they're injecting the vaccine of a live or a killed virus or bacteria, they don't use a very high dose of it because that would make you really sick. They use a smaller dose. But they want your immune system to really respond and have a grand response so you have a lot of antibodies. So how do they remedy that? They go ahead and they give you a poison in the vaccine purposely. So these poisons can be anything from mercury or aluminum or um, other sorts of chemicals, solvents, industrial solvents. And this is purposely put in to excite and inflame your body. And when this happens, everything is opened up, meaning your blood-brain barrier is wide open. So everything goes right to the brain. Think about a little baby's brain. All of these high, high doses of aluminum, mercury, um, other toxins in there, these antibiotics that are very allergenic, um, all of these infections, I told you thousands of infections can be there from different species, all go to the brain. Imagine that. Um, this was not intended to open up the blood-brain barrier, so they said it was just to produce a better response with the uh, immunization. But now here we have a problem of these babies getting you know, 72 doses of the vaccines or these children up to now 126 doses in the next couple of years. And, you know, the Center for Disease Control has estimated by the year 2025 through 2035 that one of every children born will be on the autistic spectrum, 50% of our children. Wow. Wow. That's, that's absolutely, it's absolutely insane in the name of health that they're doing these kinds of things. We've got somebody asking a question in the chat room. They said, please ask Dr. Carey if the proof of tetanus crimes is still in our bodies and provable pre-1986. Uh, and if she feels suing them for that could affect what is happening now. I, I, I'm pretty sure they've pretty much, uh, in a legal sense, not sue. lawful, but in a legal sense, they've, they've protected them, pretty much given them immunity. But w what say you? Is, would that be in their bodies to where that could be determined? Or would they, would they just fluff that off and say, you could have got that anywhere Good luck trying to find a lab that will go yeah. ahead and interpret that for you. Um, you know, we could possibly see, you know, antibodies to HCG. Yes. I know that they've reported antibodies to HCG with uh, sperm of men for sure. And I think that's related to the tetanus vaccine myself. How do you prove that causality would be hard and how do you prove when it had occurred would be very difficult and, you know, they're pretty much immune since 1986, but we couldn't prove that this was in your body before 1986. We have the admittance by uh, National Institute of Health and other organizations, World Health Organization, that they've been doing this from before 1986. But trying to uh, get that in a court of law right now, I think would be difficult. Right. I, well, I, and again, I think what they're doing is they've, they've protected these guys. They come without, they come with uh, pretty much an immunity against them. And this is why they have sort of a, what I say, say is a slush fund to pay off families who have uh, had people who have adverse reactions. We're going to talk about that in just a minute or even died. Uh, they're, they're paying them off with the American people's money while big pharma goes on pimping their drugs uh, to the people as some kind of solution rather than uh, dealing with um, the naturopathic kind of medicine, uh, which I believe that God has given us when he talked about what he had given us for foods uh, and such within the earth itself. And so uh, it's all about pimping out those drugs. They, they tell you not to take the things that, that God has put in the earth that you can use for, for medicine. They want to make that illegal, but they want to make legal all this synthetic stuff that's 
not necessarily good for you. In fact, it's, it, some of it can be very deadly. So with that said, were there other vaccines? I mean, you talk about this stuff with the, the delivering the HIV and other things. And I, w- I was just curious, what were all of the different vaccines that you looked at? You talk about tetanus. Um, what was the other one that you mentioned? Um, you know, looking at MMR and okay. uh, different, MMR is a big one I'd like to bring up because okay, yeah. there's a whistleblower from the CDC that came out um, several years ago, a little bit more than that. And uh, this whistleblower, you know, admitted that the CDC had information, research studies showing that an African-American male boys um, that when they took the MMR, there was a specificity for that race that when they took it, they had five times uh, higher risk of getting autism and that it was actually a way that they could be very specific, almost with something called gene editing that they could attack that race's gene with the autistic spectrum, okay? This was known in the CDC. They covered it up. They didn't do anything about it. And to my knowledge, they never have done anything about it. It still continues on. And this is such a a crime. It's unbelievable. Um, When this person came out with this data, it was talked about even in medical community a little bit, and then it was dropped. It is so... I'm so ashamed and horrified to say that, but it was proof that we can actually do something called gene editing or, or uh, species extinction or gene extinction technology. We can actually go after a specific gene in a population of from a nationality, a race of people and affect them. And this appears to be very purposeful. Um, what else are they doing with these vaccines? Um, and, you know, Dar- Bill Gates and DARPA have been well known and putting a ton of money into research about gene extinction technology. So uh, this is very, very alarming. And we need to really stand up for our rights very fast. Because like I said, if in five years, we can have 50% of our children on the autistic spectrum, we will crash as a society just because of that alone. We can never survive just that alone. Imagine everything else. And the expectation of sterility with these vaccines is very high as well. Um, the cancer rates are very high as well. And I like to bring up that in the Amish community that do not receive any vaccines, there is no case of autism at all. There are some other communities in Europe that do not vaccinate and they have the same results. They have no autism at all. Um, And there's a really wonderful researcher, Dr. Jeffrey Bradstreet, who studied vaccines very intensively. And he was amazing. He found um, one of these substances, this enzyme, and he uh, coined it nagalase. He found that it was in the human body as well as the vaccines and that it could not be produced in a human's body. It can only come from vaccines. And that the more of this uh, nagalase in a human's body, the more likely you would have autism and or cancer in your lifetime. He, was, he had some most amazing research and unfortunately he was killed um, five years ago before he went and had a, a big meeting before Congress about this. So there's a lot of data on that. Okay. All right. Now, just uh, let me address a couple of guys who are trolling in the Periscope uh, format. Um, this is ridiculous. Boy, I, I, you know, I, this, this, she doesn't know what she's talking Why don't you get a real doctor on? Well, you are a real doctor. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And I gave them the phone number. Hey, you guys want to call in and refute? Bring your information. Oh, well, I don't have time to educate you people. And I love how the, how the cowardly trolls come in and do this. But you're, you've gone out here, you've put yourself out before people, and you've put out the information. It isn't like you've hidden the information from them. They can go find it. They can go find it anytime that they want to go find it. So, and we have this all the time, so it's not uh, just, just towards you. Um, one of the things that we had this uh, past weekend, uh, and I sent you the information. I, I don't think you've got a chance to watch it yet with Kate and Dr. Uh, Corbett. But <clears throat> we came out with... the. Uh, with this now this is from uh the tenders electronic daily and they're they're looking to procure uh, a contract or they're they're they have done that a contract award notice and one of the things they say concerning this latest um, thing out of pfizer this this latest vaccine is this 
The MHRA urgently seeks an artificial intelligence software tool to process. Watch this, trolls. Watch this. You guys heard this is this is the information that you can find online from the source. Expected high volume of COVID-19 vaccine adverse drug reaction and ensure that no details from the ADR's reaction text are missed. Now, Carrie, here's the thing. I, I heard it said um, that they've had about a 90%, you know, it quote unquote works, whatever that means. I don't even know how you determine how it works or not, yeah. because it may cover up a symptom, but then cause something else. So I don't even know that I want to trust that as a thing, but let's, let's just take that. That mm-hmm. means that 10% of whatever they're doing there, whatever the numbers are going to be. If you take 3 million, you know, you do the math. You take 6 billion or whatever that, that you do the math. So they have that. They say 10% are going to probably have some kind of adverse uh, reaction, even up to death, okay? With a virus that has less than a 1% death rate, (laughs) do you want to take your chances with the vaccine or... With the vac, with the with the alleged virus, I, I mean, it it seems like a no brainer to me that no thanks, I'll, I'll just take my chances with the ninety nine point whatever percent of getting better from it rather than, you know, a possibility that I could be paralyzed, uh, have autism, die, whatever the case may be. What say you? I agree with you, and there's so many problems with that study already. They did not release the data yet. They just released a press release. So people need to understand that we don't have the data to analyze. However, um, just know that they're doing phase one, two, and three uh, research studies all together at the same time. I've never seen anything like that before. They're not doing phase one first, then phase two, then phase three. They're doing them all together. And you know, there's something wrong with this study where they're saying they have 45,000 participants That's a lot of research uh, centers. That's between 1,000 and 4,000 centers. Each one of these centers would have to have the capability of having a freezing, a a very high, um, highly developed freezing um, uh, uh, freezer, sorry, for lack of a better word, either with liquid nitrogen or something else like that to to have all the vaccines stored there because they say they have to have negative 80 degrees Celsius to store these vaccines. I mean, where are these facilities? Has anyone seen anything like this? I didn't know that we had the capability of doing this. And why do we need something with that kind of a temperature? Um, Also, they said a positive uh, case would be somebody with one symptom. So you could have sneezing or cough or body aches plus a positive PCR test nasal swab. I mean, we already know the PCR tests are very, um, they're not very accurate. And then you only need one symptom. They don't prove that these symptoms aren't from the common cold or allergies, let's say. So really they have a confirmation bias in their study. This is already telling me how can we trust these symptoms? Um, The other thing is mRNA vaccines traditionally If you're doing just mRNA, you're not doing anything fancier with them. In all the animal and plant studies, they could only last the antibody production hours to days. (laughs) That's not a very long vaccine, right? So in this study, they're saying, well, we fixed that. We put it with some nanotechnologies, this lipid nanotechnology. And with that, we can get the body to hold onto the mRNA longer without uh, degrading it. Well, even in studies before showing this, they maybe got 30 days of antibody production. And in in one mouse study I saw, a mouse study, they had the ability for these mice to produce maybe up to three months, that was it. But they gave them toxic doses, very toxic doses we could never give to a human. So at best, you're seeing maybe one to three months of antibody production from just a typical mRNA vaccine. Well, is this really a vaccine we should be introducing out to the public? That's insane. Unless they're not telling us something. Like I said, RNA has a potential to become permanent into your your gene, your genome. There are ways that they can do this. So either they're lying to us about just a plain mRNA vaccine, or if it really is just a plain mRNA vaccine, it won't work. It won't work for very long at all. So there's no nothing in these studies to show the, the duration of the antibody production, not yet. 
What if this only lasts for a few days, for a month? Is it worth it? How many vaccines can you possibly get? And also just know that none of these vaccine manufacturers are showing anything important. For instance, they they're not showing that it prevents person-to-person -person transmission. It doesn't do that. It also doesn't show, none of the studies show about anything important like if it causes, prevents death, prevents hospitalizations, prevents ICU admissions. None of that. So the most important endpoints are not being studied. And you know why? They're saying because it would, it would be more time and cost the manufacturers more money. God forbid they, they spent more money, right? Um, unbelievable. And just know that Dr. Anthony Fauci said, even if you get your vaccine, you will still have to wear a mask. We will still social distance. Everything stays <laughs> the same. Unbelievable. Yeah, that <clears throat> I tell you, if people don't see the lies that these guys are peddling, you're you just don't have a functioning, logical kind of concept about things to ask questions. And I appreciate you bringing that up because we just got the report. I think it was um, last week where Bill Gates was dumping seventy million dollars more into some of this stuff. Uh, and as you said, they're not going to take away the other things. That their, their whole logic is just. It's illogical is what it is. If you take the vaccine and it's supposed to work, why the mask? Why the social distancing? Why any of that? And on top of that, we found out, uh, I think it was about a month or so ago, they had done a study. A large number of people who were, quote unquote, ha having COVID, if you can even believe the test on those things, I don't even think they're supposed to be used for that, that they were, that a lot of them were wearing masks. They were supposed to get it. Uh, President Trump, if you actually believe that he had COVID, uh, I don't buy it. But if you actually believe he had it 30 days, 33 days before the election um, and he gets he gets done. And you enter you. You mentioned um, uh, the drug that he used that he promoted. Regeneron, Regeneron, which yeah, which has it doesn't the, have much research behind it at all, right? And then you have him, you have it with all of that stuff that you were talking about from the animals, from the from the uh, murder babies and such in there. You have all that stuff in there, and yet it's being pushed out as though it's a cure. In fact, he used the term cure, and I've often said, well, wait a minute, if you're an Amish farmer at somewhere and you make some chickpea salve, they go after you to throw you in jail because <laughs> you say. Look, my, you know, we, we have people who've used it on their dog for a tumor and it healed the tumor. Well, you can't say it's a cure, but yet the president can go out there on something that hasn't even been tested and do something like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. I agree with you. And, you know, his personal physician came out and said days after he got Regeneron that he had no antibodies to um, COVID-19. Wait a minute. I thought that was the point of getting um, the vaccine <laughs> yeah. or getting a cure is that you would have antibodies. His own personal physician said there were no antibodies. I mean, they just doubles talk all the time. It's just unbelievable that anyone even listens to them. Well, and speaking of double talk, and I'll have this up uh, again this morning with our interview with Dr. Madej. I watched that interview on 60 Minutes with the guy, the General Perna, who is setting up for this uh, Operation Warp Speed. They've spent, I think he said, $12 billion on just the Operation Warp Speed, you know, the, the offices, the setup there with all the personnel and everything to move this stuff. And doublespeak, boy, I mean, it's all through there. We're going to... Uh, we're, we're taking every contingency, hurricanes, terrorist attack, and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things I was telling you that he said was, we're going to have armed guards to deliver the vaccines, or armed military personnel to deliver the vaccines. And then in the next breath, he said, we're going to be also be using Federal Express. <laughs> and it's it's like, I know. Are, so you're going to have military riding with the FedEx guy. Uh, are they going to have little shorts on and doing their thing, you know, as they deliver all the stuff here? I, I, I just find it unbelievable. The billions of dollars, then the billions of dollars, all of this unconstitutional, by the way. There's nothing in our Constitution that allows for the military to be used for this any more than it allows for them to be used for the quote-unquote mills on wheels. They are they are supposed to be used as a defense um, apparatus, if you will. That's what the, That's what their function is supposed to be. So we have all these things coming up. We're spending all this money. We're pushing out. Here, here's the here's the here's the question. Alex doesn't have um, time to call in and educate anybody, but he's got time to troll in, in the thing. Alex, you're a coward. Call in two one five eight six seven eight two five five. Give us a call if you can correct anything. We'll, we're happy to take your call, but I don't think you will. Um, so 
we have all these things coming along. We have a military that's that's being organized for this. Now, Trump says, oh, we're not going to force that. But we know that's bunk. We know that everything that's being set up is to move people in the direction to support him so much that when that vaccine comes out, there a lot of people are just going to be more than willing to take that vaccine. Number one, I think in, in many cases what I've seen from some of the, the Trump people, not all of them, but but some of them, is... Well, he's our savior. He's the only one that can save us from communism, socialism, while he's dishing it out. Um, any of this kind of stuff. So what do you see going on as we move towards this? And we'll talk a little bit about this new uh, vaccine from Pfizer. What do you see taking place? And you're in the Dominican Republic uh, there, but what do you see from that? Um, I was just recently in the United States, and I was very disappointed when I was traveling around talking to people, I feel that it won't take much of a push for them to accept these insane vaccine that could really harm them, um, make them very sick and or kill them. Um, It's very disappointing, but I've been educating people that, you know, we have four emergency mandates that have been passed in the United States or enacted right now. We're under an emergency act, but four of them, four. (laughs) And, you know, each one of them, it's very confusing to read through all of them. I haven't been able to read through all of them, but one of the most important one is the uh, modified Stafford act. And people should look at that because once you give a, once in that emergency act, the authority is given over to another organization institution, which is FEMA in our case, then the president and his cabinet then become more of an advisory role. It's very disconcerting to read that because in essence, the president no longer has the executive power, the FEMA does. And if you read through some of these executive orders that they can have, they can actually suspend our constitution and our bill of rights. This is why a lot of these things are going on. This is why these terrible things are going on. This is why um, our vaccine is under cloak and dagger, that we really don't know what's going on with the vaccine. The Food and Drug Administration, I'm not a fan of them either, but they don't know what's going on with the vaccine. Well, who does? These four-star generals? I mean, this is very frightening. So people need to understand that we, as the people of the United States, need to band together and speak up for ourselves because you cannot depend on one person running this country. And if you and I can look up all these things online and see these these problems that are happening and um, seeing things with the vaccines, of course, our own president can see this. Of course, he knows what's going on. Of course, he knows the discrepancies. So why isn't he saying something? Well, exactly. Why? Why isn't he? And I think the I think it becomes clear. I think one, there is, we know that the Kushner family is involved with a lot of this stuff with the medical community uh, and with medicines. Um, th- th- we, we already know that. There's no doubt in my mind that if we wanted to dig into things, that we might find that Donald Trump has some investments in some of this stuff as well, or he has some ties here uh, to those kinds of things. And uh, I think uh, he is a puppet. I don't think he is what people allege him to be. And as a result of that, he's pushing the same agenda forward that we saw in lockstep uh, from the Rockefeller Foundation. I mean, he's, he's not really distancing himself. He'll say one thing, oh, I find this, this, and this, but then he'll go right along with pushing the same narrative. We're going to continue to get the vaccine out. It's always about the vaccine. His meeting, um, when was it? Uh, Saturday, was it Friday or Saturday in the Rose Garden to speak about Operation Warp Speed? And to have the little guy come up and do the the big pimping for the vaccine. I think that he's on board with all of everything of what's going on. And people are going to have to open their eyes to that and see what it is. But uh, what's interesting is is that some people just don't want to hear the information. They don't want to see the truth that they're being hoodooed. And what do you do for people like that? What do you do for them? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm trying to educate people as much as possible. And they, they have to get it out of their mind that one person will save them. And one of the things I was trying to do is show people that that our heads of state around the world have known about this pandemic for a while. One of the things I show them, which they're usually shocked, is that, you know, we've had test kits for COVID-19 since 2017, and the U.S. bought over 7 million kilograms of test kits. 
okay, so if you and I can find this on a Google search engine, that means most people high up in the government already know about this. They knew about this. The people that you supposedly trusted with your, with your life and your quality of life and your taxpayer dollars, they've known about this and hadn't said a word to any of us. So this is not just in our country. This is in many countries around the world. There's a patent for COVID-19, for SARS-CoV-1, SARS-CoV-2, and SARS-CoV-3. We have patent numbers for them. You can look them up. This is a multi-country uh, issue. Um, this is an agenda that's been going on for a while. So people, I, I hope they wake up. I hope it doesn't take something more severe to wake them up. And I think, you know, I'm really concerned about this, this vaccine, these vaccines that will come out, that they will cause a lot of harm in people. And uh, I, I don't know how bad it will be, but I think that also these companies know that. They know that we can have uh, an autoimmune reaction that is very severe that can happen, not just a long-term autoimmune reaction like lupus, but something where if you come in contact with a common cold or the flu next season, you could get extremely sick in the intensive care unit and die. We already know that they're expecting these things to happen. Um, we also can have genetic modification where these mRNA can silence your genes. So they're really tricky. Um, they say when they, these mRNA silence your genes. So let's take your fertility gene, for instance. So your fertility gene, let's say it reads A, B, C, D. That's the code. Well, the code won't change, but the mRNA will shut it off. It won't work. It'll disable the gene. You no longer are fertile. Let's, so they consider that that's not gene editing. We didn't touch the gene code is the same, but now you are infertile. That's unbelievable. That's unconscionable that they consider that not gene editing. They say that now in the literature. So to me, that's gene editing. You've now made a gene non-functional. What else can they do? They also are very sneaky in saying that these RNAs, well, they cannot change your, your genome. Yes, they can. There are ways to do that. You can introduce them as a small little hairpin-like structure, and they can sneak in and go through the nucleus. There's uh, other ways through a DNA plasmid. There's many other ways. They can change your genome. They're not telling us the truth. So I just, you know, remind people, just do your own research, be critical thinkers, you know, don't just believe us, start looking these things up and finding out that we're not being told the truth because our lives are literally depend on us standing up for ourselves right now. I agree with that. Now, I want to, I want to hit two things here. Uh, one is we were talking about an Operation Warp Speed. They say that they have to have this stuff, and you corrected me, you said uh, minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that they're having yes. to oh, Celsius. Minus Celsius. I'm sorry. Celsius. Yeah, Celsius. So they're having to to transport these vaccines. They're having to set up that, and they have places that don't have that. I think that they mentioned Puerto Rico was one, and there was another place that they mentioned that that they don't have the facilities to do that, or they don't have the ability to do that. What are your thoughts on that? Because I found I found what you had to say very interesting, and in, in, with regard to that. Well. I've never seen anything need that kind of freezing temperatures before. That's unbelievable. And if you, um, you and I could go make our own MR, mRNA, modified messenger RNA, it's really easy. Go to Thermo Fisher online and look at mRNA and you'll get test kits you can order for relatively cheap. And if you look at the procedures, um, you might need some refrigeration, but that's it. Regular old refrigerator. Where's the negative 80 in that? It's unbelievable. Why do they need those temperatures? You read up on some of the other manufacturers like Moderna, AstraZeneca. Um, none of them need these really cold temperatures. Maybe one time I'd see negative 20 Celsius. Usually it's two to eight degrees Celsius, you'll read. Um, and even with that, that's only if you're uh, storing it for long term. You don't need to do that for short term. So why are they the only ones needing negative 80 degrees Celsius? To me, that's something that's so explosive or volatile, or perhaps, perhaps it's so pathogenic or virulent. That's the only answer that I could come up with. That frightens me. So we need to have answers on that. Is this something that, what if it gets out, gets out to the the population that it could spread easily. We don't know because it makes no sense that they need negative 80 degrees Celsius. 
Well, I don't understand why they do that either. Um, it, and, but you made mention of some some possible reasons for that. Oh well, at least it like pop I, in your head. Well, what if they were using? You know, we don't know everything of the vaccine, only what they're telling us. But if they use something like an HIV-like virus, they would need something that cold. And it has been noted that the genome of this COVID-19 is a chimeric genome, meaning a combination of many different things together, spliced together. And one of them was the HIV virus, part of that. And HIV is a reverse transcriptase, RNA. So that would have to be in something very cold uh, to stop it from populating very fast. Uh, that's a possibility. What if it was some um, bio nanotechnology that could grow very fast? I guess that's a possibility. It'd have to be under a deep freeze like that. Um, they need to answer. It's one of those two things or something explosive. I doubt that maybe uh, obviously the first two reasons. The other thing that was very concerning in the Pfizer study, if you look at the Pfizer study, they, I wanted to see, okay, what are they exactly using in the vaccine? They have to give you the genetic code, okay? So if you look at the genetic code that they use, they gave you the accession number. And if you get the accession number, that's supposed to tell you the code. You look at the, the, the genetic bank, and the accession number is actually the same accession number for the entire virus genome. That means the entire COVID-19 virus, they're saying, Pfizer is saying, is inside that vaccine. Wait a minute. It was only supposed to be a piece. So either that's a big mistake or they're lying to us. Perhaps the entire virus is inside the vaccine that could be injected inside of all of us. That's very scary. Is that the reason why it's under deep freeze? Because the whole virus technically has part of that, they claim, has part of the HIV um, sequence in it. Um, we, we have to really stop because this is a very complicated and confusing topic. And we are not being told everything. The other problem, if you look at the Pfizer study, I can't find, maybe you can, the, the date and the revision numbers on it. There, that means when did this document ever get produced, procured, edited, uh, released to the public? It's just this weird document without a date. I mean, who's making these things up? I've never seen this in science before. Um, I don't know. Uh, we shouldn't be trusting this right now. Well, and it's being put through with uh, a, a completely different, I mean, even by the president's own mouth, it's being rushed through in a matter of months. And I think a lot of it's political for him. Uh, and then there's the agenda that's behind it. They've got tens of billions of dollars wrapped up in a lot of this stuff. Uh, that they're trying to push through in a matter of months where it normally takes years to do any of this stuff. And even then, there's really no evidence. As far as I can see, there's no evidence that a vaccine stops anything because the assumption is, and it's a circular argument, will give vaccines to children to prevent certain things. And because those children don't get those certain things, well, then the vaccine work. Well, that's really kind of, that is a circular argument because it assumes that the children wouldn't have got that or would have got it without the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that not right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And just know that Anthony Fauci has said that these vaccines will not prevent person-to-person -person transmission. It's only for your own personal protection. He's actually said that already. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then they, they talk about the fact that we're, that we're uh, passing it along. That's never been proven either. Uh, I've been reading in the book, um, The Invisible Rainbow, and some of that stuff, the history of influenza, um, the Spanish flu, all these kinds of things that come along. And they were tying it back, I think it was in the 15 and 1600s, they were even tying it back to things that were happening on the sun, these uh, that caused radiation differences within the earth. Uh, and that's brought about some of this stuff as well, as well as the introduction of radio waves, cellular waves, and things of this nature. Now, I don't want to drop a bomb on you here, but I would like to have maybe your input on this. Um, some friends in the chat room brought this in. Uh, this is from Mike Adams, and, and Mike is a friend of mine, and I know you've been on his, you've been interviewed by, by him as well. Uh, this is something that's just come out. The Canadian government 
publishes a bid request for programmable hydraulic guillotines needed in support of Canada's response to COVID-19. And (laughs) what do you make of that? Uh, I mean, one of two things, either the vaccine will cause something so devastating in people that we would have to get rid of them. I mean, gosh, that I am legend uh, movie keeps coming to my mind over and over. I hope that's not real, huh? Um, Or, or they, they're trying to be on the extreme side and say people that refuse the vaccine are a threat to society and, and they need to be taken out of society. And perhaps they need something so extreme as to make other people fearful. Um, I don't know. But I have a feeling, though, maybe with this negative 80 degrees Celsius, if they're really serious about that, this could be something quite explosive in the human population that could be very dangerous. Um, That scares me very much. Well, you know, uh, some people, there are some people who don't, who don't trust Mike and that's fine. This I'm going from the, the website where they're reporting on this here. Here's Canada buy and sell.gc.ca is public works and government services, Canada. Here's the actual, I mean, here's the actual document. This is not, uh, you know, natural news isn't making this up. This is what they're doing. Now they've talked about guillotines within the States. I, I struggled to find documentation like this right here. From that, if somebody has it, please send it to me. But I, I've looked at it for years, and I've heard people just come out and say that. But now they're having this, and uh, you know, my thought is along with yours, if we get into an issue to where they're going to blow, and and there's no doubt that they're going to blow it out of proportion of what they're doing. I think a lot of this stuff that they're going to be pushing may actually produce this virus in the people, if you will. Yes. Once they're vaccinated, they're gonna they're gonna get it. Um, and so this is why I tell people, you know, when we did the the numbers there, why are people not logically sit, taking a step back and say, wait a minute, I've got a better chance at just ignoring this whole vaccination thing and dealing with the virus on my own. And especially if you're a Christian, uh, Psalm 91 teaches us that we hide ourselves in the shadow of the most high. He protects us from things like the perilous pestilence. I mean, that's one of the many things that he does. But the idea is is that we hide ourselves in him. Why are Christians not standing and standing on the word of God and saying, God is my protector. God is my healer. When I'm sick, God heals me. Um, instead of looking to the pharmaceutical companies, the, the witch doctor, if you will, uh, to come in and somehow be their savior. I agree. I, I'm 100% with you. That's how I feel. I would die before I get that vaccine, any of those vaccines. So that's how I stand, and I will fight for everybody else on this on this matter. I'll speak as long as I can on it and fight for everybody and, and our rights. Um, I like to say that in the beginning when I started researching this particular vaccine, the COVID-19, when I, I realized the nanotechnology involved and the hydrogel, which is very similar to the lipid nanotechnology that they're talking about right now, when they're using this and if it get, it can replicate on its own inside your body. So it keeps growing. So in essence, your part of your body becomes part cyborg. And my question was always how much of that substance would make you more cyborg than human would, how much of your body would just be organic and how much would be cyborg. This is how I could see some huge mistakes happening where people become not human anymore and perhaps don't act properly. And how could you kill them, right? If they are more cyborg than human. We're coming up on the end of the show for the radio. Do you want to hold over for a couple of minutes and kind of elaborate on that just a little bit? Sure. Okay. All right, let's do that. Uh, Tell people where they can find out more about you. You've got about 30 seconds so you can do that. Oh, uh, just uh, Twitter at Dr. Made. Um, I still have a YouTube channel. I don't know for how long. Dr. Carrie Made. Uh, serendipitygroup.org is a web page. That's my backup page. Of course, Facebook. Okay. All right, Dr. Carrie, we appreciate you taking time again to come out with us and discuss this this, uh, Mm -hmm. very important issue. I know it's on a lot of people's minds. So folks, if you want to join us, uh, you guys listening by Red State Talk Radio, if you want to join us, jump on YouTube, jump on Facebook, DLive, Periscope, 
We're all up on all those places. Or go to uh, beforeitsnews.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, 23 hours, we'll be back with you. Join us then, 6 a.m. Eastern Time on Sons of Liberty. See ya. Okay, all right. So we want to welcome everybody from Red State Talk Radio. And uh, thank you guys for joining us here on YouTube, Facebook, whatever platform that you're on there. And uh, Dr. Kerry, we appreciate you taking time to stay over. Do you want to finish your thought that you were talking about before we went? Uh, we had to close out the show there. Yes. Um, one of my concerns from the very beginning with the COVID-19 vaccine was the use of the nanotechnology. And um, that can be called many different words. I use the word hydrogel, but it could be uh, there's many different terms for that. Anyway, if you look at hydrogel, it's a uh, little microscopic little robots that can assemble and disassemble, reassemble. And if they can replicate on their own inside your body. If there's enough of them, they can form whole structures within you, meaning you would be part cyborg after some time. When would that happen? And how much of that would, would it take to make you more cyborg than human? That means you wouldn't need as much of your organic material, you as a human. So my thought was, my God, this could actually create these create people that aren't really people anymore. Maybe they're more zombie-like, that they would be harder to kill. And this came to my mind of how would you kill something that became more cyborg? Would you have to behead it? <laughs> I mean, do they, I, this is just a, pro, I'm just proposing something because this is something that's bothered me for a very long time. Um, is this a reason for, they're talking about these guillotines? Do they know something? I don't know. I'm just bringing up something because it's very upsetting to me about the use of this kind of nanotechnology inside a human, because also there's so many influences, these impulses that can come into you can actually create changes in your body, make you have different memories, make you have different thoughts, make you have different emotions. Perhaps even after a time of having so much of this technology in you could actually induce a function or induce a movement in your body. This is very frightening. Well, I think so, too. And I think when you tie it along with things that we've seen in the media, and I'm not talking about the news media, but I'm talking about uh, your movies, your television shows, stuff like this, that, that produce this zombie uh, sort of culture. I thought the same thing. Then we have other things coming along. And I don't know if you want to touch on this. I think you touched on it just a little bit in, in the last time that we had you on. This uh, Luciferus uh, that's within the um, some of the vaccinations. How would that how would that go along with this as well? Well, this Pfizer vaccine has something similar. It's called um, neon green, I believe. So it's another bioluminescent um, substance that they want to have in their vaccines. Isn't that interesting? Um, part of the reason for having this is to prove that your cells have been transfected, have been transformed. So they keep saying that their mRNA is only temporary. If it's only temporary, they wouldn't need that, that bioluminescent um, marker. But if it's something more permanent, yes, they would. They want to make sure it's successful. So this is very similar to the luciferase that they're using. So luciferase um, also gives you a digital ID. It actually gives kind of a barcode inside the body. Um, or a pattern and imprint to make sure that you have your own unique imprint. Um, and it also is proof that your cells are transforming or turning to this new kind of cell, right? Or at least it's been transfected. I don't like any of those words. I like my body, human 1.0. <laughs> yes. So th this is something that they're describing. And I'd also like to bring up that for about a, one or two years um, before I left the U.S., I would get the actual newsletter, hard copy newsletter from the CDC. And on the very bottom page or the last page, the bottom line, there's in small print, it said, oh, be on the lookout for the zombie syndrome, for symptoms of the zombie syndrome. And that's all they said. And it was shocking. And I asked all of my colleagues and everybody said they saw the same thing, but not one person said a word because they were shocked. They didn't want to know about it. Why would the CDC release a statement like that? To me, it was desensitizing us, you know, to what did they know? What were they expecting? 
Yeah, and you're you're going to send us some of that that information, right? So we can put it up so people can take a look at it. You were you said you were going to send some links and some yeah. things like that. Yes, because I'll we, do that. We want people to to actually look at the documentation, learn for themselves, uh, so they're educated on that. And this is why I was dealing with the guy on the particular platform. Hey, call in. You know, we're willing to take your call. You you disagree? We'll bring your information. Let's see it. Don't just tell us uh, this is ridiculous. I don't believe it. Get a real doctor. All this kind of stuff. We've got the information. It's not that we don't have the information. The problem is, is those who dissent, oftentimes they fall back on other things rather than the actual documentation that we have. They're not asking the questions like what you said. Well, why weren't they dealing with this issue? Why weren't they dealing with that? Because they're going to have to spend a lot more money in the testing. They're going to have to deal with things that they don't want to deal with, that they're going to have to reveal, hey, this thing is not as safe and it's not everything that you know we've cra- we've we've made it out to be. Uh, and then people will see the truth. They're they're trying to hide things. I think they're trying to hide things because there's a lot of money at stake for some of them. And for the others, I think it's it falls back to an issue of control, like what you said with the um, sterilization uh, within vaccinations. Now, is that is that also something that's coming in here? Is that something that you've seen within this new uh, the new vaccines that they're putting out for, quote unquote, COVID? Uh, is there a sterilization yes. issue in there? Well, if you read. Part of the genomic sequence for COVID-19 actually includes chromosome 8, our chromosome 8. Chromosome 8 deals with our fertility and our intelligence. So if the whole genomic sequence is in this Pfizer vaccine, that means our our genome, I'm sorry, our um, chromosome 8 is in there as well. So that means this could affect our fertility and intelligence. That's pretty frightening. I think so, too. We've, we've got uh, somebody in the chat room saying, could you have Dr. Curie back on for a Q&A? Yeah, but you guys have to ask questions. That's the thing. I mean, we can't sit here for an hour with one question. So um, <clears throat> I'm sure she'd be happy to come back on. We could set a time for that. But we got to have the questions to, to kind of build that up. Uh, I mean, just so you know, I, I think part of the reason for this vaccine, not the part, the major reason is to get the nanotechnology that by those biosensors inside of you. And and I talked about that before with one of the meetings that I went to, that that was the intent from businesses. A lot of people know about this in the United States, that the intent is to control people. They think it's for the good of the whole, and they can do that through biosensors and these uh, transhumanists hook up to artificial intelligence. So in doing that, imagine having some artificial intelligence inside of you. There's a lot of problems that could go on. A lot of hacking can go on. A lot of mistakes could go on. A lot of bad things. And so perhaps this is what people are expecting in our governments and the Department of Defense, et cetera, that maybe when they're doing these biosensors and they're experimenting on populations, that bad things can happen. And maybe some people will be out of control. So perhaps this is another reason uh, they need those guillotines, huh? Uh, I guess. I. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that all of the, those zombie kind of things, they're always dealing with the only way you kill them is to get the head, right? Uh, we, got, we do have one question. Uh, what about remdesivir? Yes, that has terrible okay. um, results in the studies. It's not as effective as hydroxychloroquine, not even near and it causes a lot of liver failure. It's very dangerous. So the people that would need it, the high-risk populations, elderly, people with comorbidities, they wouldn't be a candidate for it anyway. So what's the use of it? Well, I, you know, I had uh, we had uh, Carrie Rivera on, and she's done a lot of work with, um, with children who have autism. She actually started dealing with her own uh, child because he had autism as a result of getting a vaccine. One of the things that she was using was chlorine dioxide. And I asked her, I said, now, is this one of the things that when Donald Trump made mention of disinfectants, he wasn't talking about putting Lysol in your body. She says, yeah, she said, I think this is some of the stuff that he's talking about. We already use it in purifying water uh, and, and things, but she, she saw tremendous results with children who had autism by using chlorine dioxide uh, with them, uh, which is... It, I mean, it's, a, it's a basically a natural compound there. Um, what would you say about something like that? Do you have any information on something like a chlorine dioxide? I've seen some reports on it, but not any major studies. Okay. I can't really comment on it that okay. way. Um, 
but I've not seen any reports with the autistic children. So I, I'm not sure about that. I've just sure. seen anecdotal stories. Um, you know, I'm more, I, I'm more on the scientific side. So I'd like to see really large studies and I just don't have that. I think she wants to see that too. In fact, she would like to get some doctors who would do a study on it, but she can't get anybody to do it. And I think that her assumption is they won't do it because it's such an in, inexpensive remedy in her words um, it's an inexpensive I'll take your license away the people have done it in the past immediately your license is gone yeah why why wouldn't they do a study on it though i mean what would be there to hide they're doing all this stuff they're killing babies they're killing animals they're doing all this stuff what would be the problem with taking something that they're already using You're in right. water treatment plants they're they're using them all around the the country in water treatment plants what would be the problem to test that on those who have autism i, I don't see the problem there I think you're very correct on that. You're using common sense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Was there anything else that you want to drop uh, in on the discussion today that that you think people might uh, need to be aware of? I think we've covered a lot of topics okay. here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't want to take up all your time, but I appreciate you staying okay. over with us just a few minutes. Um, again, you can, they, people can also check out, you've got a group going on serendipity group.org, right? Yeah. And yes. people just have mm-hmm. to sign up for that and uh, they can join a forum there. Uh, and I guess you, it's not just you, you've got some other people that are in there. Um, and there's lots of people from around the world and everybody's sharing information. And I have a private group that's still functioning on Facebook and we, we share lots of information. So it's, it's a great, great group of people together. Okay. All right. So you guys can check that out. Serendipitygroup.org. We'll have a link, excuse me, in the archive after the show. So you guys can go check that out. Uh, Dr. Kerry, we appreciate you taking time for us again today. Hope you have a great day. And guys, again, We'll be back tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss us. Till then, see ya.